Good morning, Living Stones. Welcome to another beautiful day that God has made. Man, I don't know about you. We're, we're starting a little rough up here. <laughs> but, but I hope that's not everybody. Um, you know, it's, uh, you probably heard it. The church is, is, is not a museum for saints, but it's a hospital for sinners. The brokenhearted, the downtrodden, the weary, you know, that's, that's everyday people like you and me. So please come as you are. This is a special time. Okay, well, you're always welcome here. And um, please lift your hands, lift your hearts, lift your voices, and let us help us praise and celebrate our Heavenly Father. Your presence is 
Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never Sometimes you just got to jump in. Don't worry about getting wet. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I know that we have a great opportunity when we get to praise and celebrate and worship our Heavenly Father through music because we're not just doing we're not just singing the melodies and playing the notes and the rhythm to get your heart beating, your toes tapping. You know, there's a message in these, in these songs. And the message, this is the great thing. The message can be somebody's testimony. The message can be somebody's revelation. It can be somebody's, an opportunity for God to give you a word at this moment in your life. And these precious moments, I have to tell you, you have to take advantage of these precious moments because when you have your weight of your worries and your stress, you got to let it go for just a moment. Set them down. Set them down beside you. Don't worry, you can pick them up later. We all do. But when you open your heart, stress and the weight of the worries and everything off you, you've released it. You can raise your hands up higher. You can open your heart more. And you, you can receive so much more of what God wants to give you today. There's a place when the heart is on to fire. Closing in When I look at the space between All the things I see And it's reckoning I know I will never be alone There is another in the fire Standing next to me was another Sin anymore. 
space between what remains of me and this reckoning. Either way, I won't bow to the things of this world. No, no, no. I'm 
put us put our our walls up right and God's just knocking at that door ready to meet you right here no matter what you came in with we've seen what you can do oh God of wonders your power has no you've done before in greater measure you will do again cause there's no pleasant wall you can't break through no mountain you can't grow all things are possible
sitting there and we went <laughs> I was sitting there and I was thinking about when I went on this missions trip to Belize and everybody in Belize has a machete with them scared the bejeebies out of me at first I'll be honest with you I'm like what in the world I feel like I'm in some sort of film that I doesn't end well but I remember they'd all have these machetes on them because they'd have to get through the jungle. And they'd be cutting down, cutting through these things. <sighs> While we were singing that bridge, come awaken your people, awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out. I was just seeing everybody in here and it seems like I can't get through this. And I just believe like the word of God is like a two-edged sword, like a machete, right? And I just feel like as we sing and we give praise to God that you're cutting through that junk right now, getting to the place where God called you to. So I want to go back into that bridge. I didn't talk to the team about this, but I want to go back into that bridge and I just want you to hack away at that stuff. Get that stuff out of your way. God's got more for you. Let's press in. Let's press through. Amen. Come on, Taylor.
Take our impossible and give to us your miracle. Gift wrapped in your joy and peace. Thank you so much for being here today. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Please say hello to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Tell them you love them, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes. Tell them you love them. Living Stones, welcome to church. church good morning good morning um so real quick i had this dream last night and i normally you know don't remember my dreams but when pastor justin was saying that i was like oh my god god totally put that on my heart so um so last night and this is not part of the script it is not written on here okay um so last night i had this dream that aj and i were up here and we were you know doing our hosting like we were supposed to be doing and and then there was this like big like river or something and we got in the river and we got pushed down the river and we're like in this jungle exactly what he was saying which I was like oh my gosh mind blown and um and it was just the enemy that was trying to get us distracted and to take us away from being up here and to take us away and um, take our minds to some other place and um I remember AJ looked at me and he goes stand up we have microphones stand up and nobody can see us right because we're like way down this river and it was everybody could still hear our voices on the microphone and he was like, he goes, we have a message to give to God's people. And so you stand up and you give that message. Even if they can't see you, you stand up and give that message. So um, that was just crazy that um, God gave me that dream last night. So anyhow, now we'll get back to the usually program show. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm AJ. Nice to meet you guys. And I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that... Uh, this is so great. I love Pastor Justin's heart because he spoke from, from God and, and the Holy Spirit there because I think all of us get to that point where we're just fighting that battle, right? And, and I was going to share a verse with you. It's Proverbs 11, which is cool. And uh, it sounds uh, different, but it's good. So let's listen to this verse. The godly can look forward to a reward while the wicked can expect only judgment. Give freely, freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh, others will themselves be refreshed. So keep on giving the good fight. And as you, as it says in his word, he'll refresh you no matter what, right? And give fully your time, your effort, your money, whatever you see value in this world, give it freely because that really doesn't matter in the end. People matter. Relationships matter and this church matters, right? So um, you can give online. There's ways to give online. There's ways to give at the Bible app, livingstones.tv or in person. But let's bow our heads in prayer and thank our Father. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you for the opportunity and the breath of my lungs. And how dare I not use the lays and the gifts that you give me to Amen. live out your purpose, Lord. How dare I? We are here. Send us, Lord, out into the, into the wilderness, into the forest to cut down those trees, Lord. Cut down those branches. Cut down those twig, twigs in the jungle, Lord. Let us make a way and a path that we should be making, Lord. And thank you for the opportunity to give freely. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, um, so if you are a first-time guest, we are so excited to have you here. Um, I know we see a first-time baby guest that's a baby in person, so yeah. and Cameron are here in the house with baby Esther, yay! But um, if she can't obviously fill out a connection card, but if you are here and new, fill out a connection card. We'd love to get connected with you and um, get you resources that you might need. Follow us. Stay connected throughout the week. Livingstones TV, Facebook, Instagram. So get connected. We're all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then youth. Do we have any youth in here? They're all on their phones looking up the message to see what's going to be on the message today. Where are youth at? Yeah. Youth. Um, so there's youth, to, uh, not tonight, but on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Um, details are in the church center. And if you haven't signed up for um, youth camp, then it's not too late to do that. So make sure that you get on there and get your kids signed up for youth. Fight Club. This Thursday, right? 6.30. Details at Church Center app. So be, be prepared to get on the Church Center app and more details will be there. But get involved. Get in men's, man. Get in the fight. Get in the battle because we need each other. And I'm out. We lift each other Grow each other in, in relationships at men's and, and we keep it there, right? But uh, so good because I need it. We all need it. Uh, you should be there. There's Ferment. Okay, and then this I'm super excited about. But if you have not heard, we have our Anchored Marriage Retreat coming up April 29th and 30th. Where are our couples at? Okay, we got couples. a couple. Okay, we got a couple. Um, it's going to be at the Mission Bay Resort in San Diego, which I'm super excited about and looking forward to. I love the beach. Just watch special things happen at the beach, right? Our kids can watch themselves. That's fine. Oh, awesome. Sweet. <laughs> We'll get a babysitter. Okay. Um, so you can sign up now on the Church Center app. But just remember that the early bird special only lasts until next Sunday. So after that, then the price goes up. Um, and then it's regular price from March, basically all of March. And then registration does close uh, March 27th. So make sure that you you get that filled out. Go Rams. That's funny. But uh, who, likes to, <laughs> who likes to get involved? Right? Who likes to be part of the team? I do. Man, get here early on Sunday mornings, 8 o'clock. We have worship. We, we, we pray and we get ready to fight the fight and we build this church as we, as we hear it. It doesn't build itself, but we, we get together and we build it up and we have a good time. We talk. I mean, there's so many conversations going on and, and uh, things going on as we're working together, right? So be a part of the team. Get, get in the fight with us. And if you can't, um, you know, not everybody can get here early. If you, you know, are kind enough to stay late and help us clean up because everything that gets put up has to all be That's taken right. down. So before, get there early or stay late. Either way would be a blessing to God's kingdom. So um, you will find all of this and more on the Church Center app. And with that being said, we are going to turn it over to our awesome Pastor Justin. I got cut off before Pastor Justin. Okay. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I don't know if I'm ready yet. Uh, I'm all emotional this morning. Uh, how you doing, church? Good, good. Thank you, Cameron and Hannah, for committing to church growth, making a baby. You guys are awesome. That's what it's all about right there. That's the fun way for church growth right there. Indeed, indeed. Uh, goodness gracious, I, I don't even know where I'm at today. Uh, just, I don't know, I don't know. Um... Let's say hi to the people online. How's that sound? That's a good start. Uh, Phil Norman, love you, dude. I'm glad you're there. Glad you're watching. Sorry the feed's cut, cutting in and out. Uh, Suzanne, thanks for watching from Bakersfield. You're awesome. 
Rob and the fam, thank you. We love you, Sophia. Happy birthday. Sorry you're not feeling good. Uh, Jared, love you, man. Thank you for being a part of our church, man. Love and appreciate you so much. Jen Huff, you're incredible. Glad you're watching. Sandy Kortoff, Dorothy Faraganin. Oh, we got all these awesome people. John Hassler watching from Muskogee, Oklahoma. So awesome. Drew Urbasic, my heart goes out to you, man. Love you. Thank you for watching from Texas. Uh, Quinn and Beniva, love you guys. Oh, my goodness. So many good things. So many good things. So many good people. Ah, And Dante is always encouraging me on there, so I appreciate that, too. Oh, I feel like I just need a chair, like sit down for today. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding, but um, I don't know what it is. You guys going to help me today? Yes. Yeah? You're going to cheer me on? Because I think I need it. <clears throat> um, do I got some paper Bible people here, here today? <clears throat> got a couple of them? Yeah? What, who's got the best paper Bible? You got, oh, Look at that. That's confidence. Wow. Wow. Goodness gracious. My gosh, I wish we all had that kind of confidence. That's good. Amen. Amen. If you want, if you've got your electronic Bibles, you can follow along in the Version Bible app. Uh, go into the More button, click on Events, look up Livingstone's Church, and we're all in there. Um, that's awesome. So, cool. Turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, starting in verse 12. Did anybody enjoy last week's message with Pastor James? Oh, that was so special. That was so special. I love Pastor James. I'm so excited for him in Champion Church out in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, just exciting to see what God's doing. And you know what? You guys are super generous, and you gave so, so good to them. I, they were beyond blessed. They texted me, and they could not believe what you did. So you guys are incredible. We love you. Um, it's not about the dollar amount. It's about the heart that you put into it, and that's what matters. And so thank you. Thank you for representing Jesus well and being generous. It's such a cool thing. I love that so much. Oh, has anybody liked this series so far? The new norm? We could probably do this all of 2021 or 2022. We already did 2021. 2022. That's so last year. But um, this is the final segment of the new norm, and it's titled Working It. Working It. Working It. Now, I'm going to try... Like, I was, I was sitting there, I was ready to just go Holy Spirit crazy and not preach this message at all. Uh, I was not not sure what God was going to do today, um, but just got super emotional. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, just before service... This is not your fault for those of you that told me, so don't worry about it. Um, just before service, I've <coughs> you ready to preach this, AJ? Because I'm going to need you, man. <coughs> no, uh, a friend of mine's grandfather passed away. I don't know why I'm so emotional about it, but uh, um, this week I was uh, working on my house because uh, uh, we're refinancing our house, and um, and you know if you're refinancing and uh, they they have the termite guy come. You guys have you ever had the termite guy come and they start poking everything, and uh, he poked one of the one of the uh, parts on my roof, and that poker went straight through it, and I was like, oh crud, here we go. 
And uh, he figured out it's not termites, it was just dry rot, praise God for that. Um, but I spent uh, all of yesterday um, cutting into my roof and replacing that so that I can get all that fixed. And I sat down for lunch <coughs> with my bride and started crying just like I am right now, which I don't do this every week, so please forgive me. Um, if you're new, this is not the usual. Um, but uh, I was crying because I was so grateful for my grandfather who taught me how to do all of the carpentry stuff. And I'm so grateful for that time. And I was telling my wife, man, I wish I could talk to my grandpa right now and just tell him thank you for teaching me all those things. Because what would have cost me hundreds of dollars only cost me materials and and some labor and some work, you know. And uh, But we got it all done. It looks nice. It looks good. It doesn't look ghetto. Praise God for that. Um, So... Hopefully, he'll come back and say that it's good and, and uh, we can get our, our pass off on our inspection. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I was thinking about how emotional I got yesterday about my grandfather. He passed away a long time ago. Um, but I wonder if that emotion was for him. So, uh, Johnny, just know I love you, ma'am. Thinking about you. I don't know what your grandfather means to you, but um, I, I, my heart is with you. <sighs> Okay, let's get in the Bible. Let's do that. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm probably going to need the whole box. <clears throat> okay. Woo! Okay, let's do this. Jesus, let's pray. That'll help. Oh, Jesus, I need your help. Amen. Okay, <clears throat> let's do this, okay? <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need to do, right? Just ask him for help, you know? Just ask him for help. He'll help you through it. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 12 says... I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful. Somebody say joyful. Joyful and to do good as long as they live. Verse 13. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure. Somebody say pleasure. Somebody else say pleasure. There we go. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I, I was thinking maybe the, the crying was to, to hide and mask my, uh, my nasal issues. And it just looks like I'm crying. That's the only reason, right? But... No, I'm, I'm getting over a cold, so uh, my, my family's at home because they're not feeling good, and uh, we're rocking and rolling. But uh, somebody say pleasure. pleasure. I will drink, eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. Hmm, that was weird, right? Take pleasure in your toil. Does that sound good to anybody? Anybody want to sign up for that? Mm-mm. I didn't think so. This is God's gift to man. Have you ever felt stuck? looking for inspiration, looking for motivation, right? You ever like, I just wish I was motivated enough to go to the gym. I wish I was inspired enough to write that thing that I went right, wanting to write, right? I was feeling that this week as I was writing this message, and I was like, Lord, speak to me. Like, I want to know what you want to tell the people. Am I supposed to start a new series this week, or what are we doing? And I just was not getting any inspiration. Anybody ever have like writer's block and you're, you're dealing with that? You know, like try writing a sermon every single week and going, all right, what do you want to say now, God? <laughs> Is anybody with me? Right? I know there's pastors out there. You can, you can buy sermons online and, and preach other people's messages. I promise you I've never done that. Um, I always seek God and want to know what God wants to say to the people that are sitting here right now, watching online right now, and going to touch their hearts. That, to me, is the most genuine way to figure out what God wants to say to the people. Amen? So, 
I was sitting there kind of going like, man, where am I going to get this inspiration from? Sometimes I'll, I'll hear it in a podcast or I'll hear it in a worship song or sometimes I'll look at the worship set because Brad does an amazing job putting together our worship sets, Brad and Danny. And, and sometimes I'll look at the worship set and God will speak to me through one of those worship songs and I'll write the message based on that. And, but I was not getting any inspiration this week. And, and then I felt like God said, you don't need inspiration. You just need to do it. And I was like, okay. And so then I came to this verse. And it says, also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. I was sitting there going like, pleasure in your toil? Like, that doesn't sound good at all. And, and this is God's gift to man. Well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Fired up for toil. Like, you know, like, I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, goodness. And you know what? What happens is a lot of us sit waiting for that inspiration. We sit and we're looking for the motivation. But it's not until you just start going. You just start doing. It's, it's amazing. If, if you go to the gym, you're motivated when you get there and you start doing things. Right? I feel that every time. But getting to the place where I actually go in the building, that part is a little harder for me. Right? I'm not so motivated. I'm like, I could sleep a little longer. You know, I got that project that needs to be done. Right? Anybody with me? Like, I, yeah, I'll work out next year. It'll be fine, you know? We'll, we'll make that work later. But... You're always looking for that motivation, trying to figure it out. Well, you ever feel depressed wondering why God is not speaking to you? Gosh, I know sometimes I do. Thinking like, God, where are you? Speak to me. What's going on? Like, you know where I'm at. You know what I'm going through. Like, speak to me. Tell your neighbor it's time to get to work. It's time to get to work. Here's point number one. We got some note takers out there today. Where's my note takers at? Ooh, we got lots of note takers. Is anybody a better note taker than Sarah? Okay, just wanted to make sure. She's got the best Bible, so you guys got to, you know, step up the note taking. Here's the point number one. And I messed the team up today. I have four points instead of three. And they were just like, uh, Pastor, what do we do with this? I don't know. And I was like, I don't know either. We'll see what happens. Point number one. I find joy in willingly working God's will. I find joy in willingly working God's will. Oh, man. There's just something like, yeah, a lot of us, and we're sitting in depression wondering, how, is the, how are things going to work out? God, are you going to speak to me? Are you going to give me a sign? Like, show me what we need to do next. How is this going to, you know, I want to I see your glory, God, and you're kind of waiting for it. And he says, joy, he says right here, joy and pleasure is found in your toil, in your work. So if I just work for the Lord, I'll find my joy and my pleasure. Is anybody with me? Now, has anybody had a job that they hate? You don't, if your boss is in here, don't raise your hand. Right, right. Laundry, that's a job that everyone hates and never stops. I, I, I'm pretty sure I just want one pair of clothes that I can just wear all the time instead of having to wash all this laundry, right? But anyway, yeah, Self-washing laundry. Somebody come up with that. But in the middle of it, as you're looking for, you're, you don't find that pleasure in your work. A lot of it's because we're not working for the Lord. You see, when we start working for the Lord, we start to find that joy and pleasure. You know, we don't need inspiration. We need perspiration. Come on, somebody. Right? Some of us have been sitting around on our, on our duff so long, we don't know anymore. We're just like, well, when God speaks, I'll move. No, he's asking you to move, and then he'll speak. Come on, somebody. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do 
as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Verse 24. That, you know, if you need to write that and put it on your computer at work, just so you can get through the day. Listen, I had these verses plastered all over my computer when I worked at my corporate job. And it's just one of those things, I'm like, I just got to remember that this, this isn't the end. God's going to help me through this. Are you with me? Work willingly at whatever you do. Willingly. Oh, gosh, that's a hard word, isn't it? Willingly? You mean I got to have a good attitude in this? <laughs> you mean I can't complain about it the whole time? Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Verse 24, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Oh, that's so good. All of a sudden you can find joy in what you do because you're not doing it for, you're not doing it to please your boss. You're not doing it to please your spouse. Come on, you're not doing it for accolades. You're doing it because you love Jesus. Because it's for Him. I want, I want to show people how much I love Him. And that's why my attitude is so good. Not because I enjoy what I'm doing. Are you with me? You don't have to enjoy what you're doing to have a great attitude. You don't have to enjoy what you're doing to, to do it unto the Lord. Are you with me? There's, there's times when, in the Bible where I see different stories where people, I'm sure they did not enjoy what they were doing. Are you with me? So there's times for us where we're, we maybe not enjoy what we're doing, but if we remember who we're doing it for, all of a sudden joy and pleasure can be restored to us in the middle of our work. How many of us lost our joy waiting for inspiration when our joy is actually found in that perspiration? Come on. Our joy, our pleasure is found when we're working unto Jesus. Mark 8.34 says, Then... Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Like, when, when we make plans, anybody make plans and you're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to go. Right? I, I, I heard you, Austin, talking earlier, and he said, Pastor Justin's pretty detail-oriented, detail right? I heard you say that about the, about the curtains, because I don't like when the tags stick out, right? I get weird about that. I'm like, I'll, I'll, in the middle of everything, I'll just walk over and just take it down and start putting it back together. And, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I, I just, the, the tag can't stick out. If you ever see, like, my tag sticking out of my shirt, please fix it for me, because it'll, it'll mess me up. Are you with me? Does anybody get, like, messed up about stuff like that? Oh, my goodness. I am. I'm detail-oriented. Thank you for noticing that, Austin. It's true. It's true. Right? Our joy and our pleasure is found in working unto Jesus. If any of you wants to be my follower, gosh, give up your own way. I got to give up my way? It's easy to tell your spouse to give up their way, right? Like, hey, you need to chill out. It's not all about you. Right? Anybody? It's... Anybody say that? You say that to your kids, huh? Right? Let's get away from spouses for a minute. Sign up for Anchored. We'll fix that stuff, you know? It'll be good. But, man, it's, like, it's not all about you, right? I've, I've got a, a nine-year-old that it's all about him, right? It's all about, Noah, I love you. I know you're watching right now with mom because she's making you. But I love you, man. Judah, I love you, dude. We've got we to gotta work in the garage when I get home, okay? We're going to do some more projects. That kid follows me everywhere. I, I had my, yet, yesterday I was working on the roof. I had my ladder, I think it was probably about eight feet tall or something. And that little three-year-old just climbs right to the top of that thing. Every mom in here goes, oh. 
You let him do that? Yep, I let him do that. It's true. Because I, I know I'll just pray for him. He'll be fixed. He'll be fine. No, I'm just kidding. I tell him to be careful over and over and over again. But you know what? He wants to be there with dad. He wants to be there with dad. He wants to fix things. I did draw the line when it came to the power tools and the saws and all those things. Made sure to take the battery out every time because he wants to play with all that stuff. But if you try to hang on to your life, verse 35, you will lose it. How many of us have got a grip on our life so strong that we've lost life altogether? We're not even living anymore. You're just getting through the day because you're just trying to hold on to what you have. This is the Bible right here, guys. You should pick it up and read it some, sometimes. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, for sharing the gospel for Jesus, you will save it. And what you do, or what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? You know, I know some of you are probably tired of hearing about this, but it's my story and that's all of the stories I have to share, right? But when I was sitting in my, my, my corporate job and sitting in my cubicle, I had money. We had full benefits, right? We ate out all the time. Like I, I don't know if my wife knew how to cook at that point, you know? And because uh, we were eating out almost every meal. AJ, AJ worked with me. We worked at the same place. And uh, I remember just thinking like, being so depressed sitting in that cubicle, thinking to myself, is this all there is? Do you ever feel that? You're like going through life, going through the motions, and you're going, is this all there is? Is this all there is about life? I remember thinking like, yeah, I've got money. Yeah, my wife doesn't have to work. And those were all great things. I mean, I'm, I'm super blessed. I should be grateful, right? Are you with me? Like you ever feel like guilty for not being grateful? Because you're like, I hate being here. I hate doing this, but... I should be grateful. There's people that have to work two and three jobs and, and they don't have enough money. And here I am. I, got, I get to work one job. My wife gets to be a stay-at-home mom and, and I hate it. Are you with me? Because I wasn't doing it unto the Lord. You see, I could sell software and do what I needed to do and make, make, my, make my calls and get everything I needed from it, but I was missing something. I wasn't doing it unto the Lord. Does that make sense? And so when things begin to shift, things begin to shift and you start seeking first the kingdom of God, then all of a sudden you start sharing Jesus with everybody around you. And I don't know if you, any of you have a white-collar corporate job, but they don't really like when you talk about Jesus in your white-collar corporate job. That's not something you talk about. You don't talk about religion and politics. That's, that's a no-no from HR. Well, I got very acquainted with HR. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, it was pretty much on a weekly basis, on, and it wasn't because, hey, listen, for those of you that are trying to shove the Bible down somebody's throat, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I did not walk into, walk into my job holding my sword ready to cut down the first person that came about, you know, that's not what it was. I wasn't on a hunting trip every time coming into my office, right? Highlander, you know, there can be only one, <laughs> you know, like. Some of you remember that. Some of you aren't old enough. That's okay. That's all right, you know. Um, but I would go in there and, and we would just talk about how was your weekend. You see, when Jesus engulfs your life, that's all you can talk about. 
You know, I, I, I felt left out a lot of the times because they'd talk about how the Chargers lost again and I didn't watch the game and I didn't know. But I could have guessed, right? Are you with me? And I'm, I, I'm a makeshift Chargers fan. It's okay, right? Chelsea laughs at me. I have, I have Chargers gear because of that job. Did you know that? Like, I don't even really like football, but I, I, I bought jerseys and hats and things like that so that I could participate on, on Chargers Day with the rest of everybody at work and craziness. I still have those things in, the, in, my, in my closet if anybody wants them. But uh, nah, I'm just kidding. That was back when it was San Diego Chargers. This L.A. Chargers thing I don't know about, but I'm just kidding. But it wasn't, I was working, but I wasn't working unto Jesus. And, and as soon as I changed that mindset, and as soon as it was like all about Jesus, man, I, I, I wasn't sharing Jesus with people because I wanted to push it down their throat. I was sharing with Jesus with people because they were genuinely asking, like, how are you so happy? Why, why are you so joyful? What, 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 what? You said that somebody got healed at your church on Sunday? Like, how did that, is that real? Did that really happen? Like, is, I've never heard of that. That sounds like magic or something. And so I'd share things with people, and, and then I'd get in trouble for it. But you know what? You might get in trouble for it. But you do it unto Jesus, right? I remember, remember inviting all, all of my cubicle mates to, to church on a Wednesday night because I was preaching on a Wednesday night. And I said, hey, you guys should come. You remember that, Lauren? I had, had all these, these people come, and, and, uh, and even, even, uh, even my boss, who was homosexual, she came. And, and she was scared. She told me she was so scared. She'd never been in a church. She thought she would get hit by lightning when she walked in there, right? She's like, I'm a homosexual. Like, what, what's going to happen? People are people, okay? You hear me? We're all sexually damaged in so many different ways, I can't even tell you. But when she got in there and I preached on the ten, top ten reasons people don't go to church and homosexuality was one of them. Whew. Come on. Started talking about Jesus. And everybody that came, man, they were fired up out of their mind. They couldn't believe it. They're like, wow, you sell software during the day. What are, you, what are you doing? Like, this is what you should be doing, inspiring people. I remember going to work the next day, and my, my, my boss, my homosexual boss, she invited me into her, into her office, and she's like, why do you work here? You should be on TV somewhere. Like, people need to hear the truth. They need to hear the love. And, of course, I still got called HR. <laughs> right? And it happens. But I tell you what, if you focus all of your heart on him, it didn't matter how many times I got called HR. Are you with me? It's like, I could get fired over this, but if I get fired, God's going to give me something else anyway, and that's what I really want. <laughs> right? I didn't, I, yes, the, the paying the bills and, and eating out, that was all nice, and there's times where I miss that, don't get me wrong, but I tell you what, there was, there's nothing about, oh, I just want to tell you what God did. I want to tell you how we prayed for this guy and he got healed. I want to tell you about this broken relationship that started coming to our church and, and now, now their marriage is so much stronger. I want to tell you about it. I want to tell you about what Jesus did because when I'm sitting across the cubicle and I'm watching somebody drowning in their circumstances, if I don't tell them that I have a life raft, who's, who's it on now? Are you with me? I've got to tell them, hey, man, you don't have to live like that. Hey, I know you're talking bad about your wife every single day. Hey, guess what? You can have a great marriage. You can. Go to Anchored. Come on, somebody. Point number two. I find my purpose when working for him. I find my purpose when working for him. 
you know, my boss's boss's boss, the guy who owned the company, who my boss told me I'm not allowed to talk to, he asked me about what do I do on the weekends. Yep. And my boss's ears picked up, perked up. He's like, don't you dare. And I got to speak into his life. And then he brought up, hey, but your, your boss is a female homosexual. How do you feel about that? I love her. I love her. I love her. She's an incredible woman. I love her. I pray for her. Well, well doesn't the Bible say that homosexuality is wrong? It does. It says that it's a sin. Well, then your, your boss is a sinner? I said, yeah, so is her pupil. Just like me. I'm a sinner. It says that if I look at a woman and lust after her, I've already committed adultery in my heart. So who am I to point fingers at my boss? Are you with me? Come on. Broken people. It's so amazing how broken people are the first ones to point fingers at other broken people. It's like you recognize them. Hey, I saw you at the grocery store. You're broken just like me. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. If only we all responded that way, huh? So easy to point out other people's sin, isn't it? when we do it unto the Lord, you see, she went to church. She went to church. Her wife didn't. She was too scared. But she went to church. Are you with me? And all my, all my other workmates that saw that she went to church and we were all there together and didn't judge each other. Come on, somebody. Listen, we're all working through our sin. We're working through our stuff. Got to figure it out, right? Is any, do I have any perfect people in here? I was, I was, I was hoping we at least have one. Oh, thank you. Abel. Abel's always perfect, right? Sam, you guys, like, there's Jesus, and then there's Abel and Sam, like, right there. Can't quite go to Jesus' level, but you're right there. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Come on, somebody. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Success in this world looks different than the way that this is explaining. Success in this world, I remember when I, when I got that corporate job, like my first day, my boss, he was, he was like, all right, listen, from this time to this time, I own you. I didn't like hearing that. You see, because I was an entrepreneur before that, and I didn't, I didn't like that somebody owns me from this hour to that hour. I didn't like that. That was just me. Some of you, that's totally cool, that's fine. But for me, that bothered me. He says, listen, your wife, your kids, all those things are not more important than me during this time to this time. That was hard to hear. And of course, I talked to him afterwards. I said, listen, you will never be more important than my wife and kids. And it's because of my wife and kids that I'm here and that I come and, and tolerate this place to get a paycheck. Are you with me? It was one of those things. I said a lot of I don't know why I didn't get fired. It's crazy. It was crazy. I should have gotten fired, you guys. <clears throat> I'd say all kinds of crazy stuff. They'd say like, hey, what are your goals in this company? I said, well, my goal in this company is to work here long enough to where I can have my own company and have my name on the building instead of this guy's name. And they were like, oh, my gosh. Like, did you just say that to your boss? Yeah, I said that to my boss. Because I, I had a dream and a vision for my life, right? Are you with me? Listen, people, they look at you because most people don't have a vision. Well, I just want to be in upper management, and I just want to do these things. and I want to. This is success in the world is climbing this ladder that's leaning on a building you didn't even know you wanted to be leaning on. 
and we give everything up. How many marriages have been swallowed up by the world's success? How many families have been broken to bits because of the definition of the world's success? Are you with me? You see, when you start to learn what real success is, because it says it right here, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Oh my goodness, is this one of those prosperity doctrine teachings? No. I'm just teaching you the truth. This is what the Bible says. If you commit everything that you have to God. Now it doesn't mean, hey God, I'm giving you this business so I'm expecting a yacht in 10 years. That's not what it means. Because that's not really committing that to Jesus, is it? Now, you might have a goal for a yacht, and there's nothing wrong with a yacht. Yachts are beautiful. But I tell you what, if that's all you're doing it for, you're going to lose everything else. You'll lose your family. You'll lose your loved ones. You'll be sitting on that yacht by yourself, depressed. Well, I got the yacht. The parties leave me empty. All these other things leave me empty. Are you with me? I've spent time with wealthy, wealthy people, and only to find out that they're just as broken and messed up as regular people. Come on, somebody. Success the world's way leaves you wanting more and losing everything that is of value. Is that hard? You guys are just cheering me on. You said you'd cheer me on. You lied. You like it better when I'm crying, huh? That's what it is. Some of the most successful people in the world standards are working on their second and third marriages. Because to be successful in this world, you have to neglect your spouse and your kids. Man, 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Whatever you do. If I'm shouting too much, I'm sorry, you guys. I love you. Am Am I messing her up? She's been listening to me in the womb since like forever, so she knows my voice. It's good. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Uh, so whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Point number three, my work is His glory. My work is His glory. Listen, what you do and how you work and how you work it, if you do it for His glory, He'll bless it. Are you with me? If you're, if you're there to be an ambassador for Him, oh, you better bet He's going to touch that. Are you with me? Because when you set your heart upon Jesus, you set your heart upon God, all of a sudden he goes, hey, this is my son. He's an ambassador for me. Has anybody seen in the news lately uh, LeBron James, what he said? Anybody see that? Nobody's a basketball fan in here? Or you don't watch the news? I don't watch the news either. It's on my like, Facebook feed and things like that. right? But... LeBron James put out there to everybody, whoever drafts his son, Bronny, he will play for that team because he wants to play on the same team as his son. Oh. I mean, i, I got to just bet that other people are going like, oh, my goodness, I, I want that. right? I, I want LeBron James to come play on my team, even if it's just for one season. But here's the thing. LeBron James loves his son. He wants his son to be in the NBA, to be able to, to relive that dream and be that dream with Him. Guess what? Your heavenly Father loves you. He loves you. And when, when you say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Like, all of a sudden, when you start putting your life in those shoes and you're going, I want to go everything all out for Jesus, He goes, that's my daughter. That's my son. 
Hey, everybody, I want you to know, that's my son, that's my daughter. Watch the blessings rain down. Because that's them. How does, sometimes blessings don't look the same. Hello? Sometimes blessings don't look the same. That corporate job making $115,000 a year was really nice. And then all of a sudden, I got my, my job offer as a full-time pastor for $53,000 a year. And I messed my pants, you guys. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. The blue box blues, right? I was like, here we go. But what I didn't know is that I'd have so much more purpose. I'd have so much more passion. Oh, my goodness. No longer am I sitting in a cubicle like a prisoner making phone calls over and over and over again. Instead, it's living completely on purpose. Going, hey, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I know how it's, if it's, if it's going to work out. But I know my God. And I've stepped out onto the water with him, and he's not going to let me sink. Are you with me? And that's for each of you. Wherever you're at, that step of faith that God's calling you to is stepping into that place where you're going, God, whatever you say. Right? All of a sudden, when your work is for him, my work is his glory. Psalms 90 verse 16 says, let us, your servants, see you work again. Let your children see your glory. Come on. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Are your efforts about you being successful? Or are your efforts about making him known? Come on. Because when you make your efforts about making him known, he makes your efforts successful. Because all of a sudden things change. The way you're, way you're focusing on things. Listen, if you, you, you've been dreaming about a platform that you can speak from, you've got to stop looking at the platform itself, but look to the one who gives the platform. Because when we start serving him, he'll put you on platforms that you don't deserve to be on. Are you with me? I thank God every day. As I was sitting here and I was crying and <laughs> during worship, and I'm just like, God, I don't deserve any of this. You're so good. I don't deserve AJ and Sarah. I don't deserve, I don't deserve John. I don't deserve you guys. I don't deserve you. You know that? I don't deserve you. This is the most incredible church I've ever been a part of. I don't deserve your friendship. But God is so good. God is so good. I don't have to worry for anything. Because I've got the greatest people around me. I've got the body of Christ around me. You with me? I know that I could call anybody in here. And you'd be there for me like that. And when we know that we can do that for each other, it changes things. You see, the world out there is trying to hold on to their own because they're afraid someone else is going to take it from them. Listen, I fall just as guilty. I tell my sons, hey, don't leave your bicycle in the front yard. That thing will grow legs and walk away. He looks at me like, really? It's like, I want to see that. Right? But at the same time, when all of a sudden, when, hey, if my kid needed a bike, I know I'd, all I'd have to do is say, hey, does anybody have a bike that my kid could have? Bike shows up. Are you with me? That's the body of Christ. You know, when, when my body is sick, when I have a cut, when something happens, the rest of my body goes to save it. All of a sudden, blood cells start, start meeting where it needs to be. And I get antibodies and all these things. My body starts attacking and the wrong things so that it can heal to be the right thing. That's what the body of Christ is. 
in the middle of your sin, when you're sitting at men's group, when you're sitting at women's group, and you're talking about what you're struggling through, right? In Rooted, right, as we talk about strongholds, we just got through that week, right? I know there was a lot of tears for that week. Getting through some things and letting go of some stuff, but then you get surrounded by the body. All of a sudden, you let out those toxins, and the body of Christ wraps his arms around you. And you start to realize, I'm a part of something huge. Part of something huge. Come on, somebody. I know I'm not shouting as much as I usually do. I need to shout more, huh? We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I'll get you fired up. Let's see. We won't see God's fullness until we're working out our faith. We won't know his overwhelming joy until we're working what he's already given us. Come on, somebody. Instead of waiting to be motivated, we are motivated by putting in the work. I can't tell you. During the week, sometimes I get depressed and life happens, right? Thank you again, Tony, for suggesting that. I did look that up from what you said at men's group, and it helped a lot because it helped me to get my mind in, a, in the right place. I appreciate that in a big, big way. We get real at men's group. I know we're not supposed to talk about what happens at men's group, but I can talk about me, right? I preached that morning on, on a Thursday. Any of you that have hung out with me on a Sunday night, it's weird, isn't it? Is weird. I'm not, not the same person. I go into like a, this depression mode. I get short-fused. I start saying stuff that I normally wouldn't say. Like the filter just completely comes off. If you want to play games on a Sunday night and have a lot of fun and see how inappropriate your pastor can be, <laughs> invite me over for games on a Sunday night. <laughs> not all at the same time, okay? But, but I, I preached that morning on a Thursday morning for a, a men's breakfast down the road and and, uh, and so those, that same thing was happening to me, and I was telling the guys, I don't know why this happens to me. I just get depressed, and, and I've been told by other pastors it happens to them. And, and, uh, and Tony, Tony said, hey, have you ever, ever looked, into, looked into that? Like, have you ever Googled it? And I said, no, I never thought to do that. Well, it's very common in pastors because they get such an adrenaline high, adrenaline dump, right? Adrenaline dump on a Sunday that all of a sudden depression can last for days at a time. And it has nothing to do with circumstances. It could be, you guys could be so amazing and so awesome. But then on Monday, tell everybody around you, don't call Justin on Monday. Because you're not going to get the best me. Does that make sense? We had to move our, our staff meetings from Monday to Wednesday. Huh, has it been better? <laughs> it's been better, right? Because they don't know what they're going to get. I'm already fidgety and weird, you know. I love you too. Right? Come on. Come on. Bunch of regular people at this church. I hope this message is okay today. It's a little different than normal, but I just, I just feel his spirit. There's, somebody just needed to see a raw, real person today instead of just a, an empowering message. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know what? All of you have one of these devices, right? Does it upset you when it doesn't work the right way? It bugs me a lot. If I had an iPhone, it'd be even worse. Ah, I just got you before you did it, Abel. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Ah, don't even say anything. Just keep it to yourself. I got the mic today, Abel. I knew the Apple jokes were coming. I knew they were coming. But when it doesn't work right, it can be so frustrating. And I think about, you know, these things were engineered to do something specific. 
And when they don't do what they're supposed to do, and you have to restart them and do all these other things, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's so frustrating. I wonder what it's like for God when he looks down at each of us and he looks at the creation he made and he knows the potential of what it can do. I know every application that I put in him. I, I, I know every, every piece of code that I put in her. I know what they were built to do. And this is all they're being used for. Come on, somebody. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power. Somebody say power. power. Giving you the power to do what pleases him. Can I tell you something? That if you do what pleases him, you'll start to find that that's what pleases you. A lot of us are frustrated with life going like, oh my gosh, I've been climbing this corporate ladder. I've been doing these things for so long. Why is this my life? I'm so depressed. I hate this. Oh. And we sit in this place. But then when we start to go like, oh, well, look, Jesus just wants me to do what he wants me to do. You read that verse? For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What a selfish God. Right? Is anybody with me? Like when you read that, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do what pleases you. I don't know about you guys, but I'm one of those, if you ask me to do, or you tell me to do something, I'm going to do the opposite. I got some people like that. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, I have to do it that way? Well, I'm going to find a better way to do it then. Right? Isn't that ridiculous? I got pride issues. Pray for me. Pray for me. But when I read something like that, I'm like, well, he's working in me and giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. But what we don't realize is that just like this thing was made to do something specific, so are you. So are you. And when he puts the power and the desire in your heart to do what pleases him, you start to figure out, hey, this is actually kind of fun, this thing called life. If I do what pleases him, I start to figure out what I was made to do. Is anybody trying to figure out their purpose in here? Uh, It's probably just the people online. Everybody watching online, hey, listen, this is how you find your purpose. Figure out who made you first, and then figure out what he made you to do. You start to find your joy. You start to find your passion. You start to find more of that desire welling up inside of you. You're like, but this won't pay the bills. This doesn't get me where I need to go. And then you start to realize, hey, listen, maybe this is the new norm. Maybe, maybe it's not about making $115,000 a year and, and, and everything's cushion, everything's good. Maybe it's about stepping out in faith when I don't have enough money to pay for that bill and I don't have enough to, to do what I need to do. Hey, if I tithe and I give 10%, how am I going to pay all the bills? I don't know. Man, when you start working and living in that kind of a life, God starts to show you so much more of yourself. You start to realize that what the, what the world has tried to define you as I would have been defined as a salesperson. A salesperson. You're a salesperson. I can't tell you how many times when I, I, I'm talking to other people at work, you know, does anybody like salespeople? When they not, that's because you are one, Adam, right? <laughs> Salesman, right? He knows. He knows what I'm talking about. But in the middle of all those things, like when somebody knocks on my door and I look out and I'm like, oh, it's a salesperson. What do they want me to buy now? Nope, I don't need you to kill my bugs for me. No, I don't need, you know, is anybody, you have the no soliciting sign on your door and they don't even see it, right? It's just like, it's gone, right? When I was a salesperson, I was blind to all those things too. Don't walk into this door. Oh, I wonder what that means. Walk in, hey, 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 do you need some software? Amazing, right? I would have been defined as a salesperson. Other people at work, they'd be like, oh, I couldn't do what you do. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I can't be a salesperson. 
And I was like, oh, why? They said, well, because I, I'm not going to talk people into something they don't want. I'm like, well, neither will I. I said, you do what I do. I just get paid more for it. That's all. People are afraid of sales because it's hard or something. But you're doing eight hours a day, talking to people, doing the same work, same, same company, same software. You're, you're explaining people how to use the software. So am I. I just get paid more when they buy stuff. Come on, somebody. Sometimes our concept of what we're doing is so skewed, we miss it. We miss the full potential of what God could do. Listen, I'm not a salesperson. I get to sell Jesus now, right? I don't know if that's what it looks like to some people, but that, no, that's not what it is to me. I'm just passionate. Just love the Lord, and I love you. I love you. I love you that are watching online. I love you. I love you so much that I can't watch you drown. I love you so much that I'll tell you the truth even if you stop coming to this church. Come on. Come on. Because it's not about that. It's about sharing with you the fullness of what God has for your life. If you knew that God made you a specific way and you got to stop whining about it. Hello. Hello. Tell your spouse right now. See, I told you. Right? Come on. Hello. You were made a way that God wanted you to be made. And when you start to discover the fullness that your joy comes from serving him, can I tell you, like, you can come into church depressed, but then when you go in and greet people out in the parking lot and you get to say hi to them all, all of a sudden you might have came in here depressed, but you're full of joy afterwards. Come on. You might have came in, like, tired because the week was hard, but then when you serve in kids and you see them playing and you see them singing and, and, and talking about Jesus and you know all week long they're going to be talking to their parents about what you taught them. Oh, the joy just wells up inside of you. Just wells up inside of you. Here's point number four. It is time. I know you're a waiting worship team. I hear you all giggling over there. It is time for God's work in me to be walked out. Anybody hear that? It is time for God's work in me to be walked out. It's time to get off the bench, guys. This new Norm series, like I said, I could preach this series all year long. Because if you just got this, the rest of it you'll get easily. You'll get having a good marriage. You'll get worth. You'll get value. You'll, you'll understand why, why you're going to pray. You're going to understand why you, why you should read your word. You'll understand all of that. If you get this, if you change your norm, if your norm becomes all about him, all of a sudden, all the stuff that you were stressed out about, those things are not so stressful anymore because it's about him. Oh, I can't pay my bills? Well, he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. I'm serving him. I, I, I know his promises. So when I serve him and I, I go after Jesus, I know he'll take care of me. Come on. Are you with me? All of a sudden, those worries are a little bit different. You're not looking at things the same way. It's time for the work that God's doing in you to be walked out. Deuteronomy 5.33 says, Stay on the path. Tell your neighbor, stay on the path. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then, somebody say then. It's contingent. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Then, stay the path. Stay the course. 
Stay the course. I know you're going through hell right now. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Don't listen to the the naysayers. Don't listen to the negativity. Listen, as people get sick, I know there's a lot of people with the changing of the weather. All of a sudden you get the sniffles and all those things. I'm one of them too, right? These things can just tear you off course. Stay the course. Stay the course of what God called you to do. Stay the course and walk through it with Him. Stay the course. If you're getting frustrated in your job right now, stay the course. Say, God, if if you don't want me to be here, I won't be here, but I'm going to stay the course until you steer me differently. The world will tear you apart. It's built to do that. It's destructive. When sin entered the world destruction came death came all of a sudden you can't you can't function the same way because all this stuff is here now you know what that means it means that your relationships were doomed before they started that's what it means it means what the bible says that what what god has brought together let no man separate that a three-chord strand is not easily broken. But you know what? It sure feels like it can be broken pretty easily, doesn't it? That's because that's the way the world works. It's easy. You know, just, hey, if this marriage doesn't work out, you just go find another one. Grass isn't green here anymore, just go find a greener grass. You know what I've found? Grass is green, it's where you water it. Where you water it it's green it's where you water it I can't wait for you to go to this marriage conference this has been something that Chelsea and I have been so passionate about our whole lives our whole marriage we love seeing people's marriages prosper and I think a lot of the times the world is so against you and so so much trying to tear your marriage apart I mean sin is here are you with me gosh I can't tell you times where and this will probably upset some people, so you're just going to see how real things can be. I told my staff that I, I had to ask my wife's forgiveness because when we went to a breakfast one day, this woman walked in that was very attractive, and I started doing things in my imagination that I shouldn't do. And I felt terrible about it, and I didn't want to embarrass my wife and ask to switch seats so I couldn't see that woman anymore. So I kept imagining things during breakfast that I shouldn't be imagining. Oh, you mean pastors? That happens to them too? Yep. Sinner just like everybody else. When, when I got in the car, I told my wife, will you please forgive me? Because I had thoughts about that woman in there, and I'm sorry that was not honoring to you. See, the world's trying to tear us apart. But if we can be honest and be real and start to be transparent. Listen, my wife looks at that and goes like, hey, you know what? That's why I love you. We can, be, we can be intimate together. You're the only person that, that's going to sleep with me. Right? Come on. And then that intimacy is not disgusting. Are you with me? That intimacy is the way God built it. And sometimes you've got to share the ugly part of you so that you can have true intimacy. It's so easy to hide it. It's so easy to pretend. But we don't want pretend, do we? I don't know about you, but It's time to work what God put in us. A new norm is being you. Not what the world expects you to be. Not what the world thinks you should be. 
Some, some people will be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have lust of the eyes. Bummer for you, man. At least I can admit it. At least I can admit it. It doesn't make me perfect. doesn't mean that when we go to the beach, my eyes don't wander. Are you with me? People's eyes used to wander for me, and then I got puffed up like a balloon. Now they kind of look at me a different way, you know what I mean? It's like, you should probably wear bigger clothes to the beach, you know? I'm just teasing. It's fun to tease yourself. I pray today is somebody's breakthrough. I pray today that you do find your new norm. I pray today that the work that God's doing in you can finally be unleashed. As we were worshiping today and and I saw that, that vision of, of those machetes. I just feel like we've, we've, we've hit ourselves so much. It's like you put this hedge of protection around you so that people don't see your flaws. And now all of a sudden you're a prison in that same hedge. And I feel like God's like, no, I made you beautiful, flaws included. And I want you to come and experience true healing, not just good bushes. <laughs> Are you with me? You can, it's like my roof. You can, you can put paint over it, but the wood is still rotten underneath. The wood has to be replaced. We got to get real. We got to cut out the piece that's no good and put a new piece in. You see, you might be walking into this place broken on the inside. You look good on the outside. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many Sundays I tell you, hey, look to your neighbor and tell them how good looking they are. Because you know what? We all look so good on the outside. But some of us are rotting on the inside. If they knew what I was going through, if they knew what I struggled with, they wouldn't be my friend. If they knew what what the things I looked at, they, they wouldn't let me come to church. If they knew how broken I was, I wouldn't be allowed to be a part. We're all broken. We're all broken. And the only way to be set free is to know what that brokenness is, to reveal it, cut it out, and put something new in. See, Jesus is here to make us all brand new. I can't fake out the inspector, right? He's still going to come back and poke that same spot and say, well, it's still rotten. But then all of a sudden, just a little bit of work have to reveal a little bit more. Come on. Some of us don't want to reveal anything. I don't want anybody to see me. I, I'll let you know about the surface sins because if I let you know about the deep sins, mm. but when you cut that piece out and you put something new in there, all of a sudden you're like, hey, that one's going to last a long time. Because you know what? I made sure I put the, the, the anti-stuff on in the inside. So Because now I want to protect that. Because I don't, I don't want to have to get back up there again and replace that piece. Are you with me? Because all of a sudden when you start to give stuff to Jesus, He starts cleaning it from the inside. He starts to find that muck. It's going to scare you at first, the stuff you find in there. You know what I found? You want to know why my roof was yucky? That's, that's a technical term, yucky. My roof was yucky because some birds laid a nest inside. And because all the water, when it would rain, it would soak into all that stuff that would, where that nest was. And it, the water would sit on the wood for a long time. And then you'd have the heat and the cold and the heat and the cold. 
rots the wood out. So I had to get in there and clean that stuff out. Even my son was like, that's not interesting, that's disgusting. Pulling all those feathers and all the junk out of underneath my roof. But it needed to be done. Some of us are in that same place where you're like, Lord, I'm a little nervous to let you in that far to clean my junk out. I don't want anybody to see it. But there's just something about being set free. All of a sudden that junk gets cleared out and you don't have to walk the same way anymore. Oh, all of a sudden you get to you get to walk with your brothers and sisters and tell them, hey, let me tell you about my junk. I know you're pretending and you're pretending like you don't have any, but I'll tell you what, let's see how ugly mine was and I'll bet you have some too. And then we get real and we both get clean. We both get healed. We both get to experience the fullness of God. We both get to see the fullness of what He wants to do. Are you with me? That's why I make fun of myself all the time. It's not because I think so badly of myself. I just know that I, if I take myself too seriously, I'm going to lose myself. Just like the Word says, you hold on to your life so tight, you'll lose it. Let it go. Let it go. Watch what God can do with it. Watch what God can do through it. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. You're not your job. I'm not a salesperson. Listen, I'm not even just a pastor. That's just what I do. I'm a lover of Jesus because of what he's done in my life. And because of what he's done in my life, they let me stand on stages and scream at people. That's all it is. Not different than anybody else. Just like you. And I struggle just like you. And I get frustrated with God just like you. And I wonder if I'm doing the right thing just like you. But when you let go and you let your junk out and you just go, you know what? I don't need this anymore. God, heal me from the inside out. Get rid of my hedges. I don't need protection because I'm under your wing. I'm under your protection. God, you've got me covered. Come on, somebody. Somebody needed to hear this word this morning. Needed to hear this word this morning. Here's our new norm to work what God has given us. His promise to us is His joy and His pleasure as we work what He has given us. It's time to get to work. It's time to get to work. I thought that little job was going to take me a couple hours and that was going to be it until I got under there and found all that junk in there. Oh, this is going to take a little bit more work because I can't just mask it or else it'll rot again. Are you with me? A lot of us have masked it. Listen, you've gone to church for how long? Oh, God forgave me of that and I'm, now I'm masking it. It's time for a new norm. Let's stop masking it where we have to keep cleaning it out and keep fixing it again. Let's clean it out completely right now. Going, God, I surrender all. I surrender all and I want to see the fullness that you have for my life. I really want a new norm. I want pastors to stop preaching about a new norm because I want my new norm right now. Amen? Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is where the rubber hits the road. Are we just going to put a new mask of paint over it? Or when you poke it, it just falls right through. There's still rotten on the inside. Or are we going to get real right now and say, God, cut it out. I'll put it right here at your altar. I'm going to leave that stuff behind and I want to go after you fully. If that's you this morning and you're ready for your new norm, it's, it's
is first admitting it to yourself, being real with that to yourself, and then giving that to God and letting Him take it from here. So if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, raise your hand and say, hey, that's me, I'm ready, I want that. I see your hand back there, champ. I see your hand back there, brother. I see your hand back there, sister. Come on. I'm seeing hands all over this place right now. There's a new norm coming into lives right now. I see that. Come on. There's a new norm entering right now. We don't have to live the same way we've lived for the last 10, 15 years. We don't have to keep hiding it. have to keep masking it. Listen, there's a new level of intimacy. A new level of intimacy with the Lord. A new level of intimacy with your spouse. A new level of intimacy. Here it comes right here. And it comes with cleaning some junk out. Cleaning out the closet. Are we ready? God, I pray for those that raise their hands this morning. I pray for those that are watching online right now. They're going, I want that new norm. I'm ready to be real with God. I'm going to let Him clean out the junk. I want to be made brand new. For those of you that are praying that this morning, God, I just thank you for your hand that is touching my brothers and my sisters here this morning. I thank you that you're, you're blessing them with something brand new, that you're digging out the junk that has been creating an issue over and over and over again in their lives. God, we thank you for the freedom, the freedom to walk with you, to know what you created us to do and find joy in it. And so God, we just thank you right now that we are entering into a new era. We are leaving the old behind. We're going to burn up that rotten old wood and see that new wood put in, that new roof, that new covering, that new love of God. We just thank you so much for it right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, lift up a shout. Lift up a shout. I'm going to ask that the lights get dimmed and I want to open up the altar up here again because if, if you haven't given up that stuff yet, there's some things that she's like I don't know if I can do it I want to make this a, a place where we can just dump the junk I already talked to the janitor he's going to clean it up afterwards we can just dump the junk right here I had one guy come to our church one time and he put his he put his pocket knife in the offering bucket I don't know what he was going to do with that thing but he put it in there and said I don't need that anymore maybe you have something in your life that you need to leave at the, at the feet of Jesus so as we sing this song as we get in this moment of worship, I want to offer that to you. If you're watching online, listen, you can walk right up to your television. You can sit right there in your car and say, God, I'm giving up these things. I want to let go of these things. God, come into my life and make me brand new. If that's you this morning, I'm inviting you into that. I'm inviting you into that moment. Oh, it's a new day. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's worship together. Come awaken your city, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble, I hear the chains hit the ground, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it
circumstances don't stand a chance in front of our living God. God is alive and well, and He has overcome. He's overcome death and the grave. And let's face it, our circumstances aren't anything compared to that. see that God is going to do so much through your marriage. So much through you. You guys are leaders in this church. You're leaders here. You're not just attenders, you're leaders here. Thank you for being leaders here. Because your chains being broken is going to break chains all around this place. Oh, you'll say, I know what that one's like. Here, let me show you what to do with that. Come on. Breaking chains all around us. Breaking chains all around us. somebody right now in your business or in your work you've been trying to get to this new place you've been asking for it for so long and right now there's this there's this step of faith that feels like if I take that step I could fail and I lose everything and this is the step this is the one this is the moment you've actually been waiting for Stepping out into the unknown in this moment is going to take you to that place where God's had you the whole time, wanted you the whole time. It's like this paper-thin wall. You look at it, it looks like brick, but it's just paper. It's all printed in brick. But if you were to poke your finger through it, it's not even a real wall. It's not even a real wall. Whoever that is today, take that step of faith. See what God can do. See what He can do. I guarantee you, take it to the next level. I'll take you to the next place. 
this morning uh, I was feeling this pain in my kidney. Uh, at least that's what it felt like. I don't know. Uh, for those of you that don't know, God will show me different pains in my body because he wants to heal people or wants to give them a word, speak to them. But in, in, my, in my right side right here, I felt this like pain in my kidney and I was trying to pray through it going, God, what is that? Who is that for? And um, I felt like I got the word dialysis. So I don't know if somebody has a family member or knows somebody that's going through dialysis and it might be for somebody online. Come on. What is that for, Tony? Your dad? I'm going to come hang out with you back here for a minute. I've never got to play the drums before. kind of cool back here there's a lot of wires Father God I just thank you for Tony God I thank you for the calling on his life God I thank you that he carries the presence of God with him and Father God I pray over his dad right now I can I can feel just like I was crying today about a friend's grandfather I just I can feel your love for your dad so, Lord, I just thank you right now that you're going to heal his physical body. God, we just declare your healing touch over his body right now. God, that dialysis will not be needed in the name of Jesus. God, we just make this bold proclamation that you can do all things. You are the great physician. You're the great healer. If we were made with specific apps, with specific code, a specific way, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd make a way right now. Give him an upgrade, God. Give him an upgrade. Functioning kidneys in the name of Jesus. Come on. Functioning kidneys in the name of Jesus. I pray that the doctor would come back and say, your kidneys look like they were on a 25-year-old in the name of Jesus. We just thank you right now, God, that you're making a way where there seems to be no way. We thank you for the fruitfulness, and we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, God, I just declare this city is, is known for your presence. God, I pray right now that, that you surround this area, God, that you surround French Valley. I pray that every house right here in Spencer's Crossing would be so hungry for you, so hungry to know you. I pray for every marriage that's under attack right now, Lord, that you would restore their intimacy, that you restore that fullness, that joy, that happiness that they felt when they first got married. God, I thank you that you're making a way in the wilderness. I thank you that this isn't the end. We got to press through. We got to cut down those hedges to be able to get to the place where you want us to be. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of the, the name of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, that you'd be cutting down the hedges in our area. God, I pray for a place that is so vulnerable, so ripe for the picking so ready to receive your word hearts that are that are hard hearts that are are being softened again replace those hearts of stone with a heart of flesh god that our hearts can beat for you again 
that our passion for you, we wouldn't worry about if our job was on the line. We wouldn't worry about if, if we're going to make it or not. Because we know that you're our Heavenly Father and you got us. If you can clothe the lilies, you can take care of us. If you can feed the birds, then you can take care of us. So Father, we're laying it all on the line right now. We're all in. Take the junk. Take the junk. Help us to work out our faith. I pray for for some strong spiritual warriors in this place. People who are willing to go to the edge of hell and pull people out. Because God, there's so many people that need you. And our work has not even begun yet. So Lord, let us be your people. Let us be the city that is known for your presence. That is known for your healing power. That is known for your touch. I pray that we're not just another church but that we can be a group of people that stand on your word and believe in your promises and watch you do the miraculous and give you all the glory for it. Come on. Come on. Amen. 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 I'm looking at a bunch of leaders in here. Looking at a bunch of leaders. Somebody's life is on the line right now and they need to hear a word from you today. I want you to leave this place praying. Not say, hey, you know what? That was a good message. I like it. I wonder what the new series is going to be about. I don't want you to be talking about that. I want you to be going, God, who do you want me to speak to? Who do you want me to encourage today? It's, I'm on mission. I'm ready. I want to be your hands and feet. I want to be your mouthpiece. I want to see people's lives changed, and I'm willing to look goofy doing it. Because you're the leader that's going to build God's church. You were put on the earth for such a time as this. You are in that seat. You are here right now. You're watching online because you have a purpose. It's to bring more people to know His glory, to know Him. Amen. We love you, church. Have an amazing week.